we spent some time thinking about the question of, am I a disciple? Today, today I'd like us to focus on the question of, what does it look like for me to be a disciple? So from this point on, how do I live a life of discipleship? And when I spent some time thinking about discipleship and studying about discipleship, there's this really wonderful tool called Bible Gateway where you can go in and, and type in a word and it shows you every place in the Bible where, where that word shows up. And so you go in and you type in the word disciple and you look at the original 12. You see just, just what it is that, that they did and you get to read all the stories about what their lives as disciples were like. And it kind of broke down into two different areas. Time and time again, you found them doing one of two things. The first thing that you saw the disciples doing, you saw the disciples there when Jesus was teaching. You saw them sitting around a campfire with him at night, learning from him. You saw the disciples getting to, to listen to the word of God, getting to hear the word of God. I mean, can, can you imagine walking along the road with him and, and just getting to ask Jesus all your questions? And he just answers them. I mean, that, that's the first thing that, that time and time and time again, we see the disciples do that. The other thing we saw the disciples do was we saw the disciples kind of pattern their lives after Jesus. He would, he would call the 12 of them together and he would say, I'm giving you power, I'm giving you authority to go out and, and to do the stuff that I'm doing. And he, he sent them out and they proclaimed the kingdom of God. He sent them out and they went and they, they, they healed the sick. They have 5,000 plus hungry people in front of them and, and when they finally realize that that's a problem, Jesus says, I want you to go and give them something to eat. So we see the disciples listening, we see them hearing, we see them learning, but we also see them doing. We see them following the example of Jesus. We see them copying his lifestyle. We see them putting it into practice. And there's kind of a distinction between the two things because the disciples are not the only people who hear the word of God. They're not the only people who get to listen, right? There are crowds just following Jesus around, listening to every word that he says. And the Bible doesn't use the word disciple for all of them. The Bible calls that the multitude. It calls them the crowd. The disciples were in there. They were there for the Sermon on the Mount. They were there for the feeding of the 5,000. They got to hear all of that. But the distinction between being a disciple and being just a part of the crowd was when they went and they, they lived out everything that God had been saying to them. When they went and they, they did the things that Jesus was teaching about. That's when we see the distinction between the entire crowd, between the multitude and the group of disciples. There are a couple passages that I think speak to that distinction and point out some important things. The first one is up on the, the overhead. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to James chapter 1. We're going to read 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this 
not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. The distinction that James writes about here is the distinction between just listening, just being a part of the crowd, and where the listening actually takes root in your life, and it, it leads to action, it leads to following, it leads to discipleship. The illustration he uses is, is the one of the mirror. How many of you wake up in the morning and you walk into the bathroom and you look at yourself just about first thing in the mirror? And you know, you, you maybe need to shave. You've got crusties in your eyes and you know, probably drool marks down your face. Just me. Some of you are having a bad hair day in the morning. Just you. <laughs> I don't have it. Someday everyone's going to look like this. You wake up and you go in front of the mirror and you see the way that you really look at that point. But you have this image in your head of, of the way that you're supposed to look before you walk out the door, right? You don't wake up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, that's great. That's how I'm going to go out in public. And if you do, hopefully there's someone in your house that will slap you before you make it out that door. Because you do not want to have that be what goes out in front of you, what goes out in public in front of other people. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you realize that there's a distinction between where you are and where you should be, and then you just walk away and don't do anything about it, you're, you're just fooling yourself. When we hear the word of God, James says, we see that difference, right? We see the difference between where we are and where we're supposed to be. We see in the word of God that, that we're not right now the people that we're supposed to be. We're not living the way we're supposed to live. We're not looking like Jesus yet. But if we go away and, and we just go about our lives as if we've never looked in the mirror, as if we've never seen that or heard that, we're just fooling ourselves. We're like people who wake up, look at themselves in the mirror in the morning and walk right out the door thinking that everything's okay. We have that problem sometimes. The word of God speaks to us. It shows us who we're supposed to be. It shows us how we're supposed to follow Jesus, right? But so often we just kind of, we let that be. We stay with the, the crowd mentality where, where we've heard that, but it doesn't actually affect our lives. You know, it doesn't actually lead us to discipleship. How often do you, do you hear God speak to you? whether you're, you're reading scripture, whether it's a time of, of prayer and listening, whether it's, it's through the words of, of just someone speaking the presence of God into your life, speaking the word of God to you. you know, how often is it in a blog you read, in a, in a book you read, in a message you hear, in a podcast, you hear the word of God and the spirit burns within you. And if you say, I don't, I don't know if it's God speaking to me, you know, it's, it's not like there's a checklist, but, but some ways for me to tell if, if it's probably God who's trying to get my attention, number one, if I don't want to do it, it could be God. If it's not something that comes naturally to me, if he's telling me to do something outside of my comfort zone, that's not something that's going to originate with me very often, right? The second way is that sometimes the Spirit of God puts that on your heart and he just doesn't let it go. What are those books you've read? What are those things you've heard that just you hear it and you can't shake it? You can't get past it. It just keeps, it keeps haunting your thoughts. 
It keeps coming back to you when, you when you can't sleep, when you're driving in the car. Those are those times when I think God speaks to us. And when we, when we ignore that, when we, when we hear the voice of God, when we hear the word of God, and we just let it be, then we're just a part of that crowd, right? Then we're not being a disciple. Then we're not following after Jesus. We're not pattering our lives after him. This passage is, is one that you hear a lot, and it's one that quite honestly scares me as a Christian. Because it, it's so easy for me to think about my life and to say, yeah, I've, I've done this. You know, this, this has been me. This has been me recently. You know, this has been all of us. We, we hear the word of God. We sense him, him leading us somewhere, and we just leave it there. The next passage... Uh, from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. This is one that I was reading through a, a few months ago, reading through the book of Ezekiel, and I came across this one. And sometimes, you know, I was talking about how do you know if God's trying to get your attention. Sometimes you read through that passage in Scripture and your blood kind of runs cold. Like, oh, that one's for me. You know, oh, that, that's, one, that's one that you may have read over before, but now for some reason it hits you. This is a passage that makes me nervous. It makes me nervous as a leader. It makes me nervous as, honestly, as a follower. We're going to start at verse 30 and read through 32. These are the words that God said to Ezekiel. Most of the words God gives to Ezekiel are, are for other people, and honestly, most of them are condemnation. He gets to this part, and here's what he tells Ezekiel. As for you, son of man, your countrymen are talking about you by the doors, by the walls, and at the doors of their houses saying to each other, come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. My people come to you as they usually do, and they sit before you to listen to your words, but they do not put them into practice. With their mouths they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed, to them you are nothing more than one who sings beautiful love, song, love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well. For they hear your words, but do not put them into practice. That one stung me a little bit. I, I have, in all honesty, a problem with authority. I don't mind other people's authority. Like, that's fine with me. My own authority is, is something that, that, quite honestly, I wrestle with at times. I, I continually ask the question, what is it to get up here and, and to open the word of God and to share that with people? Uh, that, that's a weird and, and humbling thing. The comfort I find in this passage and, and in others is that it's, it's the word of God, not from me to you, the word of God from him to all of us. And when I look at it in that context, I see that there are times when this passage has kind of caught me off guard too. How often, how often do we read all of the right books? We hear all the right things. We, we follow all of the right people. You can probably think about it right now. What are the books that are in vogue in these circles? What are the books that, that, that Christians and missional churches, missional churches are reading? Now, what are the books that we've been talking about? What are the podcasts that I listen to regularly? What are the blogs that I read? What are, what are the things that you hear? Students, what are the things that you're learning in your classes? 
we hear these things, right? And, and just like the people in this passage, I become more of a, more of a critic than, than someone who's actually hearing the word of God in that. It becomes, boy, that was, that was a powerful message. That was a good book. That was a beautiful song. Because then I can keep it at arm's length. You know, because then it's not the word of God spoken to me. Then it's this thing that I, that I hear and I consume and I evaluate. And then I leave it there. What Ezekiel's talking about is the same thing that, that was happening to Jesus. He had thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people in the crowd, in the multitude. But he didn't have that many disciples. He didn't have that many people who, who heard what he said and who lived the way he lived. Who heard what he said and had it impact and change their lives. When I think about those times that I get so, so caught up and just, I, I want to hear the latest, greatest song. You know, I, I want to read the most inspiring book. I want to listen to this person. I, I want to, you know, I, I want to read this blog, these, these thoughts on everyday life from this person. But then I just leave it there. Does anyone else do that? Does anyone else hear hear God speak to you? I mean, the people of Israel acknowledge that this is the word of the Lord coming from Ezekiel, right? This is the word of the Lord. They say, let's go hear it. And then they talk about it afterwards, but they, they, don't, they don't live it out. They don't do it. It doesn't affect them at any real and meaningful level. To them, it's just a just a love song with a beautiful voice and someone who plays an instrument well. It's just something that their ears love to hear. Coincidentally, have you read the book of Ezekiel? Who describes that as a love song in a beautiful voice? There are two passages in Ezekiel, two that I found that were encouraging. One where he talks about the valley of dry bones, which I love, and they come back to life. Another in which he, he takes your heart of stone and replaces it with the heart of flesh. The rest of them, I mean, I don't even have to pick at random. I just turn back a few pages. Prophecy against the king of Tyre. Prophecy against Egypt. A lament for Egypt. A cedar in Lebanon, which falls and gets cut down. You know, they, they acknowledge that these are things that God is saying, but has no real impact on their lives. They just want to hear it because it's, because it's beautiful, because it's inspiring, but it doesn't inspire change. It doesn't lead to discipleship. Last week, we spent time asking the question, am I a disciple? We looked back from, from today, from this October to last October, how has God been moving in my life? How do I look more like Jesus today than I used to? Today, as we continue to talk about discipleship, I want us to look forward for the next year, the next six months, one month. In the next month, what does it look like for you to be a disciple. Because it's going to be different for all of us, right? I mean, the ways that God is trying to, to speak to me and to move in my life are different than the ways he's trying to move in your life. What is it that God is calling you to do in the future? What is it that, that God has been saying to you, trying to get your attention, that, that honestly, 
it's just kind of fallen on deaf ears. If you know where God is leading you, if you know what it is that he's, that he's calling you to do, if you're in the middle of that, let me encourage you to continue to follow him, to continue to pattern your life, to look after Jesus. Because honestly, we can't follow Jesus if we just, if we just stay seated right where we are. If we're going to be a follower of Jesus, we have to get off our seat and we have to move, right? We have to walk toward him. You can't play follow the leader with everyone just sitting down. If you know where God is calling you to go, if you know what God is calling you to do, who he's calling you to be, let me encourage you to do and move and be that. If you're not sure, if you're not sure what it is God is saying to you, if you're not sure what that next step of discipleship is for you, think back on those times when you have been hearing the word of God. What has God been saying to you in the past and you've just kind of drowned it out? You've just kind of let it be something nice to hear, nice to read, but then you left it there. How can, you, how can you say it's not too late? I want to do what it is God is calling me to do. I want to be that disciple and not just a part of the crowd. If you haven't heard anything yet, if, if you can't remember the last time that, that God has, has spoken to you, the last time that God has, has called you to something, the last time God is, has convicted you of the need for change in your life, today's the day to start to start opening up his word and just waiting for that passage that catches you. You know, that passage where the spirit of God just, just brings it alive and won't let you forget it. It will haunt your dreams because God is trying to get your attention and sometimes it's harder than others. But he wants to call you into that closer relationship with him. He wants to, to make his word alive to you through reading his Bible, through, through the words of of other believers through times of prayer and listening. My encouragement for us this week is to ask the question, what does it look like for me to be a disciple? How do I follow Jesus? Where is he calling me to go? Who is he calling me to be? What's he calling me to do? And to take some time to really sit and reflect on that. Maybe you know right away, and that's, that's great. If you do, take off. Right after the service, maybe even before, just, just go and do it. Go in and be that. Go and be that disciple. But if you're not sure, my challenge, my hope, my prayer for you this week is that you can seek that out. And if you have questions, give me a call. You know, we have, I'm here. We have wonderful people here who would love to sit down and, and explore that with you. you know, we would love to, to walk with you on that path of discipleship. We cannot follow Jesus. We cannot be a disciple if all we do is, is look in the mirror, see where we are, know where we're supposed to go, and just forget about it. We can't be a disciple if we hear the word of the Lord and, and acknowledge it as the word of the Lord and then just leave it there. To be a disciple involves both the listening and the learning and the hearing, but honestly, I think we do that pretty well. You know, I, I think we take those things in. Hopefully you're here and actually, you know, hearing the word of God, experiencing it in prayer and, and song and, and through opening up and studying scripture. The next step is the hard one. The next step is, is the step of discipleship, of, of living that out, letting that reach into your life and to permeate your life. Let's join together in prayer.
Father God, we desire nothing more than to be your people, to be shaped and guided and led by you. God, we don't always know where the path leads, but we, we want to follow you. We want to walk closer and closer with you. We want, we want to be more than just a, a face in the crowd. Lord, we want to be one of your disciples. For the times where that desire is lacking, God, we pray that you would fill us up. We pray that you would help us to love you more. We pray that you would help us to respond to the love and the call that you have for us. God, for those of us today who are asking the question, do I even want to be a disciple? Do I even, do I even want that life where I follow God, where I, where I leave behind the things of, of my life, my own control, my own direction? I pray, Lord, that you would, you would unsettle that heart, that you would show them just, just how deep and powerful and how meaningful is your love and your grace how there's nothing in this world worth nearly as much as you and how to, to leave behind our own lives and to chase after you, to, to give up what we have ourselves, the things that we cling on to, the things that our hands are just wrapped around and to open them up and to follow your example. I pray, I pray that that would be the deepest desire of our hearts this morning. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that came to my mind as um, Jason was speaking is, I think one of the other traits of the disciples is that they just spent time with Jesus all the time. You know, they were in life every day, everything they did, was with Jesus and and they were in love with him like they were in love with him and they trusted him and when I was thinking about trust I was thinking about you know if I trust that God is good then I trust that what he's doing in my life is good and um, you know if I'm so in love with him then I can see that his one of his good gifts to me is to make me like him you know, to mold my heart like him, like Jason is saying, to be a disciple. Um, so as we go into this um, next set of, of praise, as Jason said earlier, um, just think about ways that your life really does show your love for Christ, your just worship, that every day um, as you're living, that, that that's worship. Um, there are going to be a few people in the back available if you want somebody to pray with you. Um, and I think we're going to be taking the offering at this time too, but... Um, just if you want to stand and join us in uh, worship. Another week. Another week. 